Hi, I'm Grant Dufresne, and welcome to Dufresne Ministries podcast channel. We believe that as you listen to this message, your faith will be stirred and you will be encouraged in whatever you are believing God for today. Stay tuned at the end of this message to find out more information about our ministry. How many of you remember last week what we were able to talk about? I know we've had a lot of service between now and last Sunday. (laughs) Does anybody remember last Sunday what the Spirit of God was bringing to our attention? God is our source. Y'all can do better than that class. God is our source. Let's say, God is my source. How different would your day look if you got up every day and that was the first thing you said? How different would your outlook be in conducting business if before you said anything to anyone else, before you text anyone, before you talk to your children, you said, God is my source. Such a simple statement, but with that comes all the life we are ever going to need. And we're going to look at that again this morning. Uh, Let's go to John chapter 4. And then we're going to bring out some uh, something new along these lines that the Spirit of God was dealing with me on. John chapter 4. Verse 14. But whoever takes a drink of the water that I will give him shall never, no, never be thirsty anymore, but the water that I will give him shall become a spring of water, welling up, flowing, bubbling continually within him unto, into, and for eternal life. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, because I want to go back to the foundation that we laid. I do not want to be in a hurry on this subject, because every day, We have circumstances pulling on us that God is not enough as your source. You are faced with needs, with circumstances, uh, with tests every day that are going to challenge whether or not. It's not whether or not he is your source because he is the source. It's whether or not you believe he's the source. That's the difference. It's not about, is he the source? Can he be the source? Will he? uh, How do I get him to be my source? I don't get up every day and say, how can I get God to be my source? He is, it's, I'm not trying to receive prosperity from God. He is prosperity. When I received Jesus, I received prosperity. I didn't receive a way to get prosperity. Two different ways of thinking. In those little ways of thinking is where we can trip up, where religion creeps in, where works will creep in, trying to get something from God that's already been provided, when all we need to do is worship him for what he's provided. So God is prosperity. He is the source. He's not trying to be. I'm not trying to get him as such. He is already. First Corinthians, that's what Jesus was telling the Samaritan, this woman at the well. See, you, you've come here to get natural water, but I'm going to be able to give you eternal life and give you a well that will never run dry. You don't have to go to someone else anymore 
for that. See, in the, the, under the old covenant, what he was really relating that to is you... The Samaritans went to one mountain. The Jews went to Jerusalem. They, they had the same God. They do things two different ways, but they always had to go to somebody. The priests had to make atonement for their sins. There was always somebody in between them and God. And he's saying, from now on, once you drink of the water, once you take of the life that I've, I'm going to provide, no longer do you have to go between somebody. No longer is somebody in the way or something in the way. Your sins will be re- removed and you will be right with God again. Amen. So the one who is prosperity is now a part of me. Amen. First Corinthians chapter eight and verse six. Yet for us, there is only one God, the father who is the source of all things and for whom we have life and one Lord Jesus Christ through and whom Uh, through and by whom all things and through and by whom we ourselves exist. Until you see that your soul existence is in Christ, you're going to struggle with God being your source. If you see yourself through your education, you see yourself and what family you came from, you see yourself and your accomplishments, you see yourself uh, through what you've achieved in your own effort, So my husband was talking about humility. We must see ourselves through Christ. Everything, even John the Baptist, he said, I must decrease so that he must increase. He was uh, the one that was making the way, the prophet making the way for Jesus to come. All the attention was on him. And one day that attention switched. Because it was time for the Savior. And he knew that. And he recognized that. You got to know when you need to get out of the way. We've got to do exactly what John did. He must increase. I must decrease. If I'm to walk in, why don't we go back over there? That is in in John chapter 3. Let's look at that. Because I've got lots, but we're not going to get in a hurry. I grew up with a pastor who was in no hurry when he taught on a subject. John chapter 3. Look at this. Verse 27. John answered, A man can receive nothing. He can claim nothing. He can take nothing unto himself. Nothing except as it has been given, granted to him from heaven. A man must be content to receive the gift which is given him from heaven. There is no other source. There is no other source. God is our source. We talked so much last week about he is our source financially, but he is the source for the call that you have on your life, whatever that call may be. He is the source of that, not you, not your mind, not what you can figure out. He is your source. Amen. And John understood this. I had been, John had been given, he was saying, I have been given a measure of the anointing for my life, my call on my life. And I have to walk in that, but it's been given to me by heaven. What you receive by you, what you obtain by you can be taken away, can be stolen. 
because you received it naturally. That means natural circumstances can come and take that away. What you receive from heaven, no man can touch. I've received Christ by receiving what heaven offered. Heaven offered up Jesus. Look here at verse 35. The father loves the son and has given and trusted, committed everything into his hand. And he who believes in, has faith in and clings to, relies on the son, has now and possesses, now possesses eternal life, but whoever disobeys, uh, is unbelieving toward, refuses to trust and disregards and is not subject to the son, will never see and experience life, but instead the wrath of God abides in him. God's displeasure remains on him. His indignation hangs over him. Continue. It's not that he isn't born again and God hates him. It's that they don't have faith. This is talking about whoever receives him, it's because you had faith. When you receive Jesus, it's because you had faith to receive Christ. He's saying God uh, does not like those who haven't received him, not because they haven't received him, because they didn't have the faith. It's faith that pleases God. He's displeased that they don't have the faith to receive Christ. He offered up Christ. It says he loved Christ. And Jesus was entrusted with everything. You understand Jesus was entrusted to pay the price for poverty. Jesus was entrusted to pay the price for sickness. All of that was entrusted to him. And he did everything that the Father sent him here to do. Then it's our job to trust in what Jesus did. We can trust in what was entrusted unto him. He is our source. He is our source. Hum, humility, when my husband was preaching on humility, part of the struggle with human nature, and we can look over there and we won't take time today to go there, maybe next week. If we look over in the scripture and we see when it talks about casting your cares, there in Peter, it talks first about humble yourself. Why do we not cast the care? Why do we try to take all the information that we can get and figure everything out for ourselves? Because we have pride in our own knowledge and what we've done before and what we can figure out. Amen. God is your source. You don't have to figure out anything. Go to your source. Last week, we talked about how the Holy Spirit showed and explained it uh, to me. As a little girl, I remember growing up in the home, the, the, first, the, the main home that we lived in for most of my upbringing uh, was a home that had a well. And how many of you remember we talked about the well and that the source of the water was not the faucet. The source of the water was not the spigot on the outside of the house where we plugged in the hose. The source of the water was the water that ran underneath the never-ending supply of the aquifer that ran underneath the house. And all we had to do was dig a well to tap into that. And uh, with that well, um, we had to have electricity to run that well. 
we had to have pressure to run that well. There were certain things that had to be put in place. There was a holding tank where the water would come. It wasn't like the hand pump where you'd go out and pull it, you know, hand pump it up from the ground. It was a well that had, would pull, had pulled up water and had a tank that we already had water stored in that tank uh, to supply us and supply the house with that water. But many of you know this, uh, whether you have a well or, or water coming from the city, you know, you turn that, wa- that spigot on and, or that, that faucet on and immediately water comes out, right? We get an immediate response, an immediate flow. See, when we're walking proficiently with our faith, we are able to immediately get a flow into our lives. If there's some kind of delay, that's what we talked about last week. When there's a delay, my dad would go out and he'd check the well because ants would have gotten in, the filter needed to be changed. Something was going on, but it was never the source. It was always something hindering the flow from the source to the house. If the electricity went out, then we had no water. We talked about how we had to fill up the bathtubs when a storm was going to come and there was a possibility that we wouldn't have water for days. We had to fill up the bathtubs so that we could have water because there was no electricity to keep that water flowing. It required, it wasn't like city water where you can always have water. They're two separate. Those were connected. We had to have electricity. You must have the power. Go and wait that you receive power from on high. You must have the help of the Spirit to keep the draw on your, on your source. Amen? You must have the power and the help of the Spirit, the leading of the Spirit. What happens when we get off and we do our own thing and we blame God for not supplying us? No, we left the leading of the Spirit. We left the power. Every time you take a step outside of the leading of the Spirit, you violate your spirit, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, whether it's what you're doing with your body. Every time you override the leading of the Spirit, you've just shut off power. So we had to keep the power on. We, the power had to be going for us to be able to draw from our source. If you're struggling to draw from your source, go back to, am I full? Have I been speaking in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making melody from my heart unto God, praying in the Spirit? We don't pray in the Spirit to get things from God. We pray in the Spirit to be full of God. So as long as that electricity was flowing, it would pump the water up and draw from the source and keep that tank filled up. So we could, the water would eventually run out if there was no more electricity to pump the water up from the source. You need power. You need power to draw on your source. Don't live empty. Don't live and then you get a little bit, what happens is you come on Sunday, you get a little bit in the tank, a little bit of flow comes, a little bit from the source comes into your tank and by Monday afternoon you've drained, drained it all out. And what are we having to do? We're having to go and pump and, ha- and work it and labor and toil because there's no power. There would be ants that would get in and hinder the flow of, it would hinder the water pressure. So again, the source didn't change. We didn't need to go dig a new well when the water pressure wasn't there. 
We didn't panic and go, oh my gosh, the whole aquifer must be, you know, must be tapped out. No, we'd have to go back to the well. He'd have to go back to the well. And sure enough, things had gotten in there. He'd have to clean it out. This is what happens. If things aren't flowing in your life, go back to the thoughts that you've been meditating on. What is clogging up the flow? Is it thoughts that are bringing disobedience? Is it, is it thoughts of doubt, unbelief, fear? Are you acting out of fear and calling it faith? That will clog the pipes and the flow from the source. Amen? Everybody, let's say it. God is my source. And that source never runs dry. He's never done being ready to fill up your life. Amen? So this is how God showed it to me. Uh, you could have thought the well was running dry because of low pressure in the sink, but it was our connection to the source that was being hindered. It wasn't the source, it was the connection. Check your connection. What's getting in the way? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added. What's not coming first uh, in your life, or what's coming first in your life toward the things of God? It's not, as Pastor Nancy says, it's not seek ye only. It's seek ye first. Uh, he'd have to wash away. I remember he'd get out and he'd have to wash away and get the hose and, and clear out. He'd have to use water to actually clear out what was clogging up the washing of the water of the word to renew your mind and get those thoughts that are hindering you getting those thoughts that question that you wake up with in the middle of the night and feel sick over and can't go back to sleep over you're gonna have to wash it with the water of the word amen to wash that out it's only the word that can get rid of those thoughts it is not your own effort in the source, there's an abundance, but a lack of power and staying full of the spirit and a lack of the word to wash away the wrong thoughts to, that try to come and seal will cause doubt in the source. People accuse God and they have doubt in their source when really they're either not full, they're living empty, other things are a priority and a need shows up. And God's not number one or two. They're not full of the word. They don't know what God says. Jesus was the word made flesh. He is our source. Your source lives on the inside of you. You can't see the water. See, we couldn't see the water. We couldn't see the aquifer. We couldn't see where the water was even coming from. But we had faith enough to pull the handle and that the supply would run. The supply would flow. Amen. You can't see God. If you've seen God, raise your hand and let's write a book. But you've not seen God. But how many of you know you don't have to see him to know he's your source? To know that when you say, my God, he is supplying, he shall supply, he will supply, no matter what need I face, the supply will be there. I thank you, Father, for the full abundance supply that you have for my life. What are you doing? By faith, you're going and pulling that handle to receive the supply. God is your source. You don't have to see it to believe it. Blessed are those who do not see, who have faith. When, when we look over, and we won't take time to, to turn there, uh, but 
this, well, let's, I think we're already there. John chapter 4. Turn over with me real quick and look at, in John chapter 4, he's talking to the Samaritan, to this woman. And he tells her, sister, the well that you're going to drink of, this well is, is of our fathers. This well is natural. But the well you're going to drink of, you're never going to thirst again through me. You're never going to thirst again. What does that mean? You're never going to have to look for another source. You will never have to go and be your own source or look to a man to have be a source or look to your job. I will be the source for the people. Amen. But I love what happened here. And this, this blessed me when I saw this. At this point, he had only done one miracle. He turned the water into wine. And it says here, uh, she left. He calls her out and says, woman, where's your husband? Go get your husband. She says, I don't have one. He said, that's right, you don't. You got five husbands, and the man you're living with is not your husband. How many of you know that the majority of the folk would be offended right then and there? He tells me first that I'm going to drink of him, and then he calls me out on my sin here in front of people. Because as far as I know, my husband and I were talking about this. This is a, a very well-known well. This was Jacob's well. I can't imagine there's only the two of them there right outside the city. Everybody's coming to get some. So he calls her out, and I don't know who heard. Doesn't say this was a private conversation. But he says, the man you're living with isn't your husband. And instead of her getting offended she realizes there is a Messiah coming. And he just told me things that I don't know him. He doesn't know me. How could he possibly know this about my life? He said in verse 26, look at this. Jesus said to her, I who now speak with you am he. He's saying, I'm the Messiah. She goes, because she said to him, I know there's a Messiah coming. He said, that's me. So he didn't show her a miracle. He didn't heal her body. Uh, he didn't bring her a gift. He didn't tell her, I love you so much. You're so wonderful. I know you've made mistakes, but you are so wonderful. Don't ever let you, anybody tell you you're not a good person. He didn't come and fluff, as my husband says, what do you say? Fluff my biscuit or whatever. Butter my biscuit. <laughs> he didn't come and butter her biscuit. He said, look. If you drink of me, you're never going to thirst again. You're not living right. And yes, I am the Messiah. He was pretty straight with her. And instead of running back and talking smack and talking bad about him and, and saying, we can't let this man in our town because I want to keep living the way I'm living. And I know all y'all ain't living right either. So we better keep him out or we're going to have to get our lives together. She runs back. Look at verse 39 says, now numerous Samaritans from that town believed in and trusted in him because of what the woman said when she declared and testified. He told me everything that I ever did. How important are the gifts of the Spirit? Again, he had only performed one miracle and these Samaritans weren't there. Only the Galileans were there. So when the Samaritans arrived, they asked him to remain with him. They asked him to stay and he stayed there for two days. They were so in awe of the word of knowledge that flowed through him to this woman. It says, verse 41, Then many more believed in and here to and relied 
to and relied on him because of his personal message, what he himself said. And verse 42, and they told the woman, now we no longer believe, this is a huge key, we no longer believe, trust, have faith just because of what you said. For we have heard him ourselves personally, and we know that he truly is the Savior of the world, the Christ. They believed, they had enough faith that when she spoke, they believed her. But notice this, they said, we've heard him ourselves. Now we have full faith. We believe he is the Christ. And that's what I want to talk about this morning God is our source. We talked about financial last week, but God is our source of revelation. He is our source of revelation. Supply has been granted to us by heaven. He is our source. We cannot take naturally what has been supplied spiritually. You understand your provision, your healing, your forgiveness of sins was provided by a spiritual act. He died naturally. He died spiritually. He went to hell and paid the price. You cannot receive naturally what Jesus supplied spiritually. But the moment you decide, I'm going to be spiritual... That doesn't mean be weird. That doesn't mean be religious. Being spiritual means just be full of the word and full of power. Our place of prosperity receives from God by faith. It doesn't allow defeat or take by natural means. Okay, so I want to explain this. Our place of prosperity, our place of healing, it receives from God by faith. When you're in your place in Christ, we've talked about he is the well. He is the author of our salvation. He is our one and only true source. When we are in him, when we are full of the word, when we have power flowing, what we realize is we receive from God, we receive from our source, and we don't have to go and take things by natural means. Oftentimes, when things don't look like they're moving, things don't look like they're changing, what is natural human nature? I'm going to go take with what I can do. I'm going to sell some things. I'm going to work extra hours. I'm going to make it happen this way. We could do this and it'll happen this way. We try to figure out how we can take our prosperity instead of receiving our prosperity. You cannot take your prosperity yourself, but you can receive your prosperity. You can receive your healing. You can receive restoration through the word of God and through your source. It takes faith. What had happened? They had received from Jesus. They believed and they wanted to know more and they were hungry. They were stirred in their hunger for Jesus because of her testimony. But they received from God, they received from Jesus when they heard his words, when they got revelation. Amen? We also don't allow defeat. So there's two sides to this. You have some uh, that sit back and wait for God to do something. And what happens when they're waiting for God to do something, or more or less they're hoping for God to do something, they're wishing for God to do something, you know, they would like for God to do something, they would like for things to change in their life, so they're over here, and what happens? They'll allow anything and everything to come into their life, still hoping and a wishing that God's going to do something. 
hoping that God loves me enough, hoping that God sees what's going on in my life, uh, wanting God to step in as a sovereign God and do something for me. What are you doing? You're allowing defeat. But then you got this side over here who's going, I know prosperity is mine. I know I'm healed. And so I'm going to get up and I'm going to go and I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make this happen and I'm going to do this and I can do this. And you know, honey, we can do this. And they try to figure out how to take from God what should be, we should be here in the middle receiving. Should be receiving from him. Become proficient receivers. And the best way to become excellent at receiving is always gaining revelation. Revelation is the start to the flow of receiving. Revelation is the start to the flow of receiving. See, my father had knowledge of how that well worked. He knew exactly how it worked. He knew where the water was coming from. He knew the process by which they put it together. He knew how it went from the well to the house. He had knowledge. He had revelation of the whole system. And because he had revelation, listen to this, nothing was going to hinder the flow of the water source to the house. Because he had revelation of how things work. When you get revelation of the word of God for yourself, nothing can hinder the flow from your source. Nothing. Amen? So we need to go back and look at, God is my source of revelation. That's why I believe the spirit of God has been emphasizing to us in Pastor Nancy's teaching on the importance of meditating on the word. Uh, the Spirit leads us. Well, let me say this. When we aren't actively believing, when we're not actively believing that we receive, we are allowing. Uh, when we aren't actively believing, we are allowing. We are, when we are active and not believing, we are taking. Let me say that again. When we aren't actively believing, when we're not actively believing, we're over here. We're hoping. An inactive believer is somebody who's hoping, wishing, wanting. That's an inactive believer. Remember the sermon, and Pastor Nancy, I know, talked about it. Uh, don't let go that I talked about. Don't let go of your expectation. That's what people do. They want from God, but they have no hope and no expectation in what he's going to do for them. So they become complacent. When we aren't actively believing, we're just allowing anything that comes to come. Now, when we are active but not believing, we're over here trying to take. You understand there's an action to faith, but you have to have faith and believe to take action. You can't take action without having faith and believing. People who try to take action, they're out there trying to make it happen. They're out tr they're trying to do it in their own effort. I'm going to get this. I'm going to have this. I see this person has it. I can have that too. That's a dangerous thing to say. If you don't have revelation, if you don't have revelation, you're going to be active with no belief and you're going to go and try to get things unto yourself that God has not given you. You have not received revelation of. And if you don't receive revelation of it, if you get it, you can't maintain it because what we receive naturally can be taken away naturally. What we receive by the spirit, no man can take it away. 
No circumstance can take away. No opposition can take away. When it is alive on the inside of you, when it's revelation on the inside of you, that God is my source, he is the source, he has authored what I'm stepping out in, nobody can talk you out of that. And I love it. That's what these Samaritans, they realize. I just heard Jesus. They said, we believe when you showed up and gave us your testimony. But now, now that we have heard him for ourselves, he is the Messiah. Nobody could talk them out of their source. From that day forward, he hadn't even died on the cross yet. And they said, he's our Messiah. He's our Savior. And notice this. They hadn't seen one miracle. So don't ever say, don't ever think, Well, if God would just do this one thing for me, if God, if I could just see one, if I could just see a demonstration, I just need this one miracle and I'll believe. I just need God to do something spectacular for me. These are unsaved, could say alternate Jews. They didn't even believe the same way, you know, believe in some of the same things the Jews did. And all they did was hear Jesus rebuke a woman call her out on her sin, give her testimony, and say, hey, drink from me. And they begged him to stay with them because they knew this is the source of our revelation. We need more of what he has. We need more revelation. You don't need sometimes more demonstration. You need more revelation. Everybody wants a demonstration. They want a performance from God. When what they don't realize is they need more revelation. What they're really saying is, is I want a feeling. What do demonstrations bring? They bring feelings. Feelings aren't bad, but you see something demonstrated. You see God move and oh man, that's good on the senses. That's good on the natural. Yes, it builds faith. I'm not saying it doesn't. It stirs our faith. Every testimony stirs our faith. But see, you can't live off of somebody else's testimony. Look at verse, go back over verse um, to John chapter 3, verse 27. When he said a man can receive nothing, he can claim nothing, he can, there's that word, take unto himself nothing. No man can take to himself, by himself, what God provided. That's what my husband was saying. Even the measure of faith that's on the inside of you came from God. Even the measure of faith that you're trusting God with came from God. Amen? So you can't take anything, nothing. You can receive credit for nothing. says, except as it has been given, granted to him from heaven, a man must be content to receive the gift which is given given him. You cannot go to somebody else's revelation. Listen, my dad, we couldn't go to the neighbor's well, tap into that. There's not enough flow. You understand, that well is enough for that house. That water pressure is enough for that house. Not only was the neighbor's house too far away, but there's not enough pressure from the neighbor's well to supply my life. You need to have the supply and recognize God is the source for your life. You can't live off God as the source for somebody else. There's not enough for them and for you. God intended that you receive from heaven. Husbands and wives, same thing goes. Young people, you better marry somebody that doesn't make you their source. 
Young men, you want to be somebody's superhero and come in and rescue their life and be, you know, I'm just, oh, they, they've had such a rough life and you want to be hero to them because your ego and your pride. I'm going to tell you something. If she treats you like that and she uh, clings to you emotionally, materially, and God is not her source, you're going to have a rough road ahead. Because there's not always enough. I'm just saying. I need to know what God has given me from heaven. You need to know what God has given you from heaven. Amen. The one who died with the spirit, the one who died, Jesus died by the spirit and with that spirit, it comes a boundless supply, endless supply. Amen. God wants things revealed to you about him and about his plan for you. He's not trying to hold back. Now, I want to talk about something real quick, and then I think we'll close here in the next couple, 15 minutes. This is what the spirit of God started showing me when I was looking at and meditating on some of these things and reading about the Samaritan woman. Uh... Information cannot take the place of revelation. Information. The amount of information that you have about your current situation cannot take the place of revelation. There comes a time when you have got to stop gathering information. And with the same effort that you've taken to gather information, you need to put that same and more into gathering the revelation that you need for that. Amen. Too much information will undo. Because it says too much information of your mind will undo the revelation in your heart. Because information is of the, the mind. Information is of the natural. God is not asking you to be an idiot. I am not saying that. He's not asking you to make foolish and dumb decisions and then say, well, I'm just pursuing revelation. Okay. Okay. He did give you a brain. He did he that was his his your brain was his by his design. Got that Bible school students? But that's not your source. The internet is not your source. The news is not your source. Your 401k is not your source. Your retirement plan, your financial planner is not your source. God is my source. So it's best, and I would do best for myself and my family, if I spend more time meditating on my source and getting revelation of my source than I do information about my situation. This is what happened with the 10 spies. Two had revelation. The other had information. God could only be their measure from that day forward. He could only be their source in a measure. So when you walk out and, and, and act out on information, God can only supply you in a measure. He's still your source. He's, his plan will still flow in your life to a measure. But I don't want a measure. Because it says over in John, he boundless, 
boundless. Jesus, you understand Jesus, John says Jesus has come with, he has the spirit without measure. Did you know he has the spirit without measure and died with the spirit without measure so that I could have all the promises without measure? It took somebody without measure. He walked with God perfectly, had all the anointing, every bit of what heaven has was on him. And when he died with it all, he provided all. When you realize I don't have to be all for my situation. I don't have to figure out all for my situation. The one who had the boundless measure of the spirit on him has provided a boundless measure of blessings, of provision, of power for my life. Go get revelation on the one who had it without measure. But when we try to figure things out and act out on our own, we're only going to have God in a measure. That's what happened with the children of Israel. You know what? They got manna. That's a measure of blessing. You know, they got the the snake on the stick. That's a measure of blessing. They had some victories. That's the measure without blessing. But were they living in the promise? No, because they didn't realize the boundless supply, the endless supply, the source was leading them to the promised land. Where is your source? Can you tell me today, where has your source led you? Or can you say, where have I led myself? We've all been there. We know where we've led ourselves, and we know where God's led us. But there are going to be times when God leads you to places, and it doesn't look like. See, with the children of Israel, it didn't look like it because there's giants. Did you know this is the same thing with the Samaritans? They had never seen a miracle. Did you know that even the children of Israel, they had brought back melons. They had brought back grapes, everything to show and to demonstrate what God was bringing them into. And it still wasn't enough for their faith. That's why I'm saying you don't need a demonstration. You need revelation. When you get revelation in your heart. When you learn to draw out of the well of salvation for yourself and draw out from that supply that's on the inside of you, the power of the spirit, when you can do that for yourself, then it doesn't matter what demonstration has or hasn't happened. You won't let go of what God says is yours. You won't let go of your source. You won't let go of what, regardless of the symptoms, you know the source of my healing is from God. And not only that, no amount of information, no amount of giants, I don't care how many giants you tell me about. If God says to act and I have revelation, I can obey that. Only two had revelation. But notice that revelation was enough to last 45 years. It's not a demonstration in miracles that's going to last you. It's your revelation that's going to last you. If you can do... And we can exercise and learn to practice these things that Pastor Nancy has been teaching us on meditating, Joshua 1.8. That's all Joshua 1.8. That's all this is really talking about. Caleb and Joshua pursued revelation. They didn't just pursue a manifestation. They, they wanted revelation. This is what, when they could quote, this is our land. You know what that was? That's revelation. Ask yourself, what have you been telling yourself is yours? 
What have you been saying to yourself is yours? Have you been talking about what you don't have more than what you do have? Have you been meditating on how you feel more than what, he, how, what he's taken on himself? It's the difference. Revelation is the difference thinking you're the sick trying to get healed and you're the healed resisting sickness. That's, that, see how fine that line of revelation is? That's what revelation says. God, I'm not trying to get prosperity. God is my prosperity. He and I are one. God is in me. The hope of glory rests on the inside of me. He has brought me a well of salvation, a well that bubbles up on the inside of me. All the supply I need is on the inside of me. And I stir it up. What am I doing? That electricity to get that pump going, to draw on my source. Amen? Revelation doesn't come by sight. It comes by the source of life inside of you. It comes from the word of God coming alive on the inside of you. They even saw the goodness of the promise. You can see the promise manifesting for someone else, but you can't live off their revelation of how they got it. It has to be your own revelation. Amen? You get revelation, you get your source. So why don't we, we could say this, God is my source of revelation. He is my source of revelation. I'm not just pursuing my source for my needs. I'm going to pursue my source for the revelation about my source. He supplies everything. He doesn't ask you to trust him with blind faith. That's why we have the word of God. The word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light to my path. He's not asking me to walk blindly and trust him blindly. The word is my light. The word is what illuminates in my life where I need to go, what I need to say, how I need to act, what I need to be doing. Amen? Learn to reach out for the revelation you need, not the things you need. Learn to reach out for the revelation that you need, not just the things that you need. I need revelation, Father. This is something my husband and I, we have put uh, in place just in our lives. When we don't understand something, Father, help me understand. When we don't see something, Father, help me see. When we don't have knowledge of something, Father, give me knowledge. Ephesians 1. Let's go there. Just so we, and we'll close with this. Ephesians 1. Sometimes we need less information and more revelation. This is a prayer that we should be praying continually over ourselves. Ephesians 1, 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give, this is how I pray, that he may give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of my understanding being enlightened that I may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. I need revelation. Notice, revelation comes first before you know what you have. You're praying first for revelation that you may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory, what you have, as Pastor Nancy says, who you are, what you have, what you can do. He, he says, uh, we're praying first for revelation. 
Because when you get the revelation, when you find out the power that's backing you up and who you are in Christ, the revelation of that will make it easy to flow in. What happens, have you ever heard a scripture and you go, oh, that's good, that applies to my situation. But it, you go out and you start speaking it, you know, and it, and it doesn't quite sound the same way it did when somebody else spoke it. You ever done that? What are you missing? You're just missing revelation. You know it's your answer. That's what happened with the Samaritans. They heard the woman give her testimony, and they said, that's it. That's what we need. That's good. But, 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 that's, we didn't get to meet him. We didn't get to hear from him. So what they do? Stay here. Because they wanted it to be their revelation, not just living off her revelation. Amen? They pursued and hungered and, and went after Jesus with no manifestation, no miracle. They just went off of one sinner's testimony. Amen? And they got the revelation that he is the Messiah. This is it. He is here. Amen? Revelation, it will change your whole situation. Don't just look for a manifestation in your situation. Pursue revelation. Revelation can change your whole situation. Because when it becomes just like Joshua and Caleb, it was revelation. It didn't matter how much time passed. They were not letting go. That is our promised land. Revelation can outlast the test of time. Why? Because as the scripture says, it's eternal life. Did you know revelation is eternal life? When you get revelation, you've received eternal life. The flow of eternal life. So let's do, as pastor's been talking to us, Joshua 1.8, the book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but you shall meditate. Joshua recognized this revelation that I've been living on for 45 years is going to be the same revelation that's going to get me the victory when we get in there and face those giants. Information can't take down giants. Somebody else's miracle can't, receive your, can't help you receive your miracle. It will stir your faith. But it's revelation that outlasts the test. It's revelation that withstands the time. It's revelation that can take blow. Did you know revelation of the word of God can take hit after hit after hit after no? Information can't stand up to man's no. Ask me how I know that. <laughs> information had, we had absolutely no positive information for us to buy our house. All the information said there was no way. But see, revelation withstood no after, no after no after no after no after no after maybe after next week after next month after no back to more no's next month. Revelation can take the blows. Information will crumble. Whatever information you gather and try to build your life on, it's only on the solid rock, the word of God, that you can withstand the tests and trials. Amen? Amen. Well, we'll stop there, and we'll probably continue with this in the weeks to come. There's so much more. Let's say it together. God is my source. Amen? Let's get up every day and say it. Why don't we do that? That's our homework. 
every, a very simple homework. And when thoughts come, until the revelation becomes, the things become alive to you, as you begin to feed on the word, you can still say, God is my source. Amen. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Defray Ministries.